What a wild week it's been. The 2017 Canadian Track and Field Championships are all wrapped up for another year. After days of top-level action in Ottawa, brought to you by the Ottawa Lions and Athletics Canada. I was lucky enough to take a few days in, enjoy the action, listen to some great stories, and package it all up into this file that you're currently listening to. Now, this episode doesn't quite follow the regular format of long-form interviews. In fact, if I had to describe it anyway, I'd say that it's something like one of those old-timey Christmas variety shows with a ton of surprise cameos along the way, except for a little more track and field. This week, we catch up with Kevin No from One Track Mind, Rob Deneau and Justin Knight battle for trivia supremacy, again, Evan Dunphy talks about broadcasting, walking, and his place in the world as an athlete, Jeff Tweedle, Corey Belmore, Rachel Cliff, Chris Winter, they're all on this week's show. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Earlier this year, we featured Kevin No from a vlog series that documented him and his buddy's journey in the world of decathlon training called One Track Mind. Now, if you haven't checked it out yet, I highly suggest it. Go to tracky.ca and click on Tracky TV and it should be there. Anyway, this week was huge for Kevin, competing in the national championships in his hometown, and that's where we caught up with him. All right, so question for you. I really like Ottawa. I mean, like, I'm going to put that out there. really, really like it. However, every single time I'm here, it's stupid, stupid humid, and my runs never go well. Why is this? This, this is Ottawa. That's it. That's, that's <laughs> what it is. We, um, we have such a humid place. I, I, I don't understand humidity exactly. I'm not, I'm not a meteorologist, but I just think it has something to do with how deep in a valley we are. Okay. I don't know. Um, but it's always this hot, and workouts are tough. They're very yeah. tough. We had a, a guy from South Africa come in. Mm-hmm. And for this, uh, for the Pan Am uh, event this weekend for the deck, and uh, he had heard stories in South Africa <laughs> of how humid it was in Ottawa. It, it's serious. It's it's really bad here. And once he experienced it, he was like, "This is this is insane." It was um, I think it was what last Thursday. Mm-hmm. It was rainy. It was cold. And all of a sudden, the sun came out, and it was like 35 degrees. Oh. And it was like six o'clock at night. It's like, what happened? How did that just like just like at the snap of a finger? That's all it takes for humidity to kick in here. I'll tell you why I like Ottawa, though. I mean, I was running past like I think it was like a camp, a group of like like a kid's camp. Okay. And uh, there's one kid who's like, hey, look, it's Andre de Grasse. It's Andre de Grasse, which I don't know if you've ever seen me, especially <laughs> on like kilometer 15 of a, of a 16 kilometer run. I did not look like him at all. So I, I appreciate that I little mean, bit of boost of confidence. They know. They know. <laughs> Do you think maybe it was a chirp? <laughs> <laughs> he was far, far too young. Far too young. Okay. That's good. I mean, if he's working on that level, then he would have seen how fragile my ego was as well. Yeah. He would have just, you know, kind of backed off. Well, it just goes to show with all the kids, they all know what's going on in track. Right. And the Ottawa, I'm really impressed with how they've embraced the competition. We've mm-hmm. got all the main media here. Team mm-hmm. 1200, which is like the sports network to listen to on the radio, AM, although, you know. Um, we've got uh, CTV here. We've got the main sports guys. We've got the Ottawa Citizen. Absolutely everyone is here. Yeah. I'm, I'm floored. I'm happy with this. This is so cool that the city has embraced it so well. And now the kids are, (laughs) I'm I'm excited to see next year what's going to happen, how much of an influx we're going to have in just the Ottawa Lions club of children and parents who just want the kids to be the next Andre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about the the championship. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you competed a little bit earlier this week. Uh, I'm sure lots of people have been following along. Uh, Again, you're from One Track Mind. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A great blog. 
sorry, vlog. Vlog, vlog uh, not vlog. Uh, you can find that on tracky.ca. You're on YouTube. Yeah. Um, how, did, how did it go? How did it work out? Um, I haven't completed the vlog yet, so I, I've been looking over my footage of what I've done and how I've, right. how I've competed, and there is definitely ups and downs, as all decathlons tend to have. Mm-hmm. I started off at the season's best in the 100, ran nice. 11.33, and I was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. I won my heat. And once you're at the front of the pack, you just kind of like keep picking up speed. So it, yeah. it was nice to do that. And I was hoping to, you know, pull that into the long jump. It just didn't, just didn't click. Cause on, it was uh, last, I guess, Tuesday, we were working on our long jump takeoffs and I had a mm-hmm. hurdle in the sand. I was trying to get over that hurdle to simulate getting pop and getting over something to just really elevate off the board. Right. But it just wasn't happening. Right. It really wasn't. And in comp, I just couldn't convert the speed into height and distance. Um, Moving on to shot, though, I kind of brought it back. High jump, same as my last deck, kind of not so great because I just haven't had consistency in my high jump runway. Mm-hmm. Um, the 400, also a season's best. Not super happy with it because it's nowhere near a personal best. But right. um, again, it's at the end of a deck. We're in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. It's humid, but uh, yeah. I should I should be used to these conditions. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in my speed endurance, but mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited for improving my speed endurance next next year um then i went home and slept uh had a had a great nap yeah yeah (laughs) um and day two came along and i was i was really pumped up for the hurdles Mm -hmm. again it it was a decent time around 1597 i believe or 99 i forget it came up on on the uh scoreboard and uh again not exactly what i wanted I, I wanted to lower my PB, mm-hmm. and I felt good. I felt really good, but over hurdle f- hurdle one, I kind of popped up, and hurdle four, I kind of grazed grazed it tightly and fell back. On my hips kind of like rotated back, mm-hmm. and the rest was just playing catch up. But I, I finished the race hard, and that's what uh, my coach James he said. I love the way how hard you finished that right. race because right. I had some people inching up on the neck, and then yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next up was disc semi well on and off i had some that i really connected with i just had to get my thumb down on on uh, on a few of the throws Mm -hmm. to make the disc fly flat as opposed to uh completely (laughs) like this into the wind yeah um uh vault again didn't go as planned i got a little we got tunes coming on um (laughs) vault going not quite as planned but i mean I'm really excited because vault has been a, a main focus and something I've been working on very hard. And right. you probably noticed that throughout the vlog. Yeah, right? definitely. Definitely. Um, it's, it's, it's an, it's a fun event and mm. a lot of people call it long jump with, with a, with a pole. Right. But it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot different because you're taking off and then you have everything after, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you're, you do your full long jump runway and then you take off, but you also have the, the first part is like you row so you want to get your like hands to your feet and then your hands to your hips and then you start to turn over the bar and flip over and all that kind of stuff and right there's just so many steps to learn and i'm I'm really excited to finally get that into that four meter club that i'm gonna get into this year hopefully at a twilight next week Uh mark my words (laughs) um uh, second last event, Javelin. Went really well, mm-hmm. actually. I, I, that's my one PB from this weekend. Oh, nice. I threw 44 meters and just did it. It's all about the dust cloud, though. Yeah. You'll yeah. see in the vlog, Maddie. <laughs> this is my favorite part from the deck this weekend. Maddie grabbed a huge handful of chalk, and he was just trying to, like, jam it between his hand and the grip just yeah. so he could have a massive dust cloud because 
every every good javelin thrower has a huge dust cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so he just unleashed. He actually threw around like a 48, and it was great. He he really up elevated the the competition and helped everybody along. So I just want to thank Matt Johnson directly for that. <laughs> and um, final race, the dreaded 1500, which you know yeah. you know about, obviously. Um, yeah, definitely. It's. Uh, it's it's a tough race for for a decathlete, yeah. and um, I was told I was told by uh, Michael's uh, well my, Michael earlier his uh, brother kind of chirps <laughs> our distance our, our distance workouts and that's that's okay I understand <laughs> but I'd like to defend decathletes on this <laughs> we are built for every event so yeah. we have to put a certain amount of time into distance but also have to kind of like hold back because if we have too much slow twitch like my hundred is not going to go well and that's like my strength so yeah. I mean it, it, it's 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 points for points you 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 balance it effectively right right my 15 yeah. was not good yeah to I, say. Hope, I hope you're <laughs> just, just leave it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the whole being able to watch you guys, you know, progress and stuff. Because I feel like, especially with the pole vault, that was something where it's so so tangible to watch. In your in your videos, you get so much better over the season. Tell me about like how many PBs did you hit this season? How many PBs I hit this yeah, season? Yeah, yeah, in competition PBs. In competition PBs. Well, pole vault was my main one. Um, jav. I hit the jav. Uh, what else did I hit? I, I PB'd in discus back in Cortland in late April. Okay. So I'm starting to figure that out. And a few practices ago, uh, I think I it's started starting to finally click. I'm starting to get the rotations down. Unfortunately, I haven't really clicked in comp to get over the 30 meter barrier, which is what my barrier is right now. Right. Um, but uh, 15, I got a new PB in uh, I think it was Cortland as well. I ran 505.99. Okay. Not a great time, but yeah, yeah. working with it. Um, I, I had a lot of PBs overall. No hundred PB, right. um, hurdle PB. That was a huge one. It was to get the confidence back because once the hurdles in high school, I was it was like my event. I love the hurdles. Mm-hmm. I ran uh, fourteen seven was my PB, and I didn't run that at offset, and uh, that was over thirty six inches. And once you make the transition to thirty nine and then forty two, as yeah. you're doing your outdoor season for that for uh, the twelfth grade, and then your senior season's 42 inches all the time. It's, right. it's a huge transition because you start to like pop up over the hurdles, right? Yeah, definitely. So you have to really focus on a lot of different things when the hurdles go up. And I, yeah. I think I've gained my confidence back in the hurdles and that's that's why I've I've started to PB in the hurdles a lot more, which is, is it's nice, it's really nice. I've probably PB'd in other events too, I don't remember <laughs> so many. <laughs> so tell me about this. I mean, I'm looking out and I see, you know, all around me there's Ottawa Lions. And uh, there seems to be such a good community support and stuff. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the Lions have been here forever. Um, personally, I've been with the club for, I think, like 13 years now. Oh, wow. And I've always felt welcome. I've always felt welcome to be here. Um, Andy McGinnis, uh, Ryan Rowett, uh, Ken Porter, an endless list of people's names who are just so nice and just understand the track community and are very, very, very committed. Mm-hmm. We've got a great history here. Like, we have an alumni tent at the end, right? And oh, that's okay. mostly people who are just, you know, they love the Ottawa Lions and they just want to come back and give back. Right. Um, another thing about the Ottawa Lions, I think a lot of track clubs across Canada are like this, but I don't really know. I've never been in another club. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our coaches are volunteer. Oh, wow. Okay. So 
people are like they're they're paid to not paid but they're given stipends to go on trips and you know that kind of stuff but right they're all volunteer which is which is amazing the yeah. fact that the club can keep together that many volunteers this organized and create mm-hmm. such great athletes off of it is amazing to me yeah it's genuinely amazing i, I really think it's it's great this is a good club a quality club yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I noticed you've been running around taking pictures and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you know everyone's doing their part, and uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the weekend. At this point, I don't think it's that crazy to say that Evan Dunphy has successfully done the impossible. He's made racewalk relevant in Canada. After making his mark in the Olympics in the 50k event last year, he battled some real adversity in the form of lost sponsors. He found a new one, by the way, and potentially losing his event altogether. Evan, though, is still standing, still training, and is ready to show us that he's nothing short of world class. He was in Ottawa last week to race the 20k racewalk, he got second, by the way, but also tries hand at broadcasting with the runner space team. So we're sitting in the media tent right now at the Canadian Championships. Uh, pertinent, though, because you are taking on a new role this time around in that you're one of us, you're part of the media. Explain your role and you know how you've been fitting in so far. Yeah, so uh, coming to national championships, I sent a message to Matt Gentes, Athletics Canada's communications director, just saying, you know, I'd love to get my beak wet with uh, this whole broadcasting thing and um, so uh, my brother and I uh, my brother Adam and I were uh, given the opportunity to come in and do some of the play-by-play and and commentating and so uh, originally when I made this plan I wasn't going to be going full out on Sunday morning it was just going to be more of a training session so I could you know handle the 14 hour days at the track Mm -hmm. unfortunately in the last few last month or so things have changed a little bit and Mm -hmm. uh, the race on Sunday becomes a little bit more pertinent um, so I did some stuff yesterday for the media stuff, and then I think I'll back off now until Sunday and, and try to focus up on my race and, and lay down a fast time. We'll get to that in just a second, but how are you enjoying it? You know, Do you see this as you know maybe something that you want to look into after you're done the race walking? I mean, I really enjoy it. I, 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 at, like you, I'm just a huge yeah. track and field nerd, um, and so this feels like a natural, uh, natural mm-hmm. progression of things um, right. beyond my career in race walking. And, um, just trying to do as many things as possible. I'm, I'm on the athletes, um, uh, BC Athletics board of directors of the male athlete nice. rep. I'm a, uh, I'm on the athlete com- athlete commission um, for Athletics Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so just trying to just jump into as many roles as I can in a very wide array of of different skill sets and just mm-hmm. trying to see what I like, see what sticks. And um, the other big big thing I've been doing this year is speaking to school kids and, and getting out there and, and right. just working on sharing my story and, and mm-hmm. managed to get a few corporate gigs as well, which are nice. They pay they pay a little yeah. bit of money. So yeah, just kind of hone, hone, my, hone my craft and find out what I love doing. I've seen a lot of the pictures the, and that's really, really great. Uh, it wasn't long after your episode earlier this year that uh, you got signed by, by New Balance which is very, very exciting. Uh, you know, how much would you attribute that to the Terminal Mile? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the timing speaks for itself, right? Like, um, no, it's really funny with that. I, I think when I was in Australia, I tweeted a photo out of my worn down running shoes and saying, I said right. something, you know, now that I have to pay for shoes, it'd be nice if they lasted longer than three weeks. And yeah. uh, I was in the, I'm in the midst of pretty heavy training, so I think I had, in those three weeks, put like 500K into the shoes and, and they were just completely worn through. And I had been messaging companies for weeks mm-hmm. with no success whatsoever. And all it took was one tweet. And I had, you know, later that day, story was written by Associated Press. CBC picked it up. 
and I had you know, New Balance come to me. Um, mm -hmm. A few other comp smaller companies um, came to me that I would have loved to have worked with, but you know, right. New Balance was always, always the company that I wanted to work with. They do so much um, for their athletes, uh, with their athletes outside of just the sports stuff. They do like their, right. their kids. They do their shoe drive on Christmas, and where the, all the athletes give back some of their old shoes, and um, there's a lot of. A lot of that sort of stuff that mesh really well with what I want to be doing yeah. outside of sport, and it just is a perfect fit. So I'm really happy. Um, it's been been great the last few months, and I went and picked up my uh, my uh, last package of shoes to bring me through the summer. And yeah, right. I couldn't be happier how they feel. At the risk of sounding super infomercially, have you found like a model that you find is is really working for you? Yeah, I mean, I race in the 1400s, and they're they're really good for me. I have. Um, I've always tried to race in a really low profile shoe and I can't yeah. do it. And other guys can race walk in them and I can't. I just, mm -hmm. my feet are too sensitive. I got too soft of feet. So the 1400s got a little nice, nice cushioning, similar to the hyperspeeds and the ASICs that I was wearing before. So that was a pretty good, pretty comfortable crossover. I didn't have to, you know, do too much. And, and then training, I wear the Zantes, which are nice, nice and padded, nice mm -hmm. soft ride for my feet. I've been doing last six weeks, I think I've averaged. Uh, about 105 miles a week okay. and usually when I'm doing that I pumped out a 200k week last week and usually when I do that my feet are messed up uh -huh. and they felt fine so I'm really happy with that because it just makes those it makes backing up those weeks over and over again really easy when you're when you're not dealing with hangnails or calluses or blisters or anything like that for sure for sure okay the main reason why you're here Sunday uh, you know there's there's gonna be Ben Thorne you said um, did you convince Anaki to come out of retirement for just you know one more race? He he thought about it. He um, <laughs> we did the Scotiabank Vancouver half marathon uh, two weeks ago now I guess and okay. uh, I race walked the half and he ran it and uh, mm -hmm. I think he ran like a 120 I think and you know, right. nothing nothing spectacular but mm -hmm. pretty good. He's been running about 10k a week probably with his new job as a lawyer so he was pretty happy with it and we when we were cooling down he tried doing some race walk and he I think we got about 200 meters and he's like oh. No, I don't think I could do this. So he hadn't <laughs> race walked since March. So it's been a, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to convince him to, to toe the line on Sunday, but he'll be out there supporting. He's here uh, to watch. So it'll be cool to have him out there. You said that you want a fast time. Maybe explain why and, and what you're aiming for. Yeah, so Sunday morning. So uh, trying to lay down a fast time. The way the Commonwealth Games criteria that came out uh, about a month ago now are laid out, you basically have to have be in the top five of the Commonwealth athletes. Right. Um, and right now I'm sitting in seventh with my 20K time. And because of the world schedule this year with all the race walks on the same day, I can't double like I've done in the past. Right. So I don't have another 20K scheduled for the season. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather not have to go find one in the fall to lay down a fast time. So yeah, try to, try to lay down a time here that will put me in that top five and then just hope that these guys don't go blisteringly fast <laughs> at Worlds. And if they yeah. do, then I'll try to find another you know, get get fit for maybe November, December, and, and have another crack at it then. But I'd prefer not to do that. So we'll try to, yeah, try to establish myself here on Sunday. Well, we wish you the best of luck. You're always a good friend of the show. And uh, hey, anytime, anytime you're free, you're welcome back, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been easy. Just came down to the track last <laughs> night, said, hey, tomorrow, up to the boot, <laughs> yeah. easy sell. Of course, of course. Chris Winter and Rachel Cliff quite possibly might be the definitive Canadian distance running power couple. Chris, after a successful season last year that saw him go to the Rio Olympics in the 3000 meter steeplechase, retired, but he now has a new job that's kept him very, very close to the sport that he loves. A little more on that later. His partner in crime, Rachel Cliff, has had an amazing 2017 so far, hitting the 10,000 meter standard for the London World Championships this summer, and 
She scored a solid fourth place finish in the 5,000 meter race at the Canadian Track and Field Championships last week. They are nice enough to pop by the media tent, and that's where we caught up with them. We're joined by some uh, really special guests right now, uh, Olympian. I was going to say former Olympian, but there's no such thing as a former <laughs> Olympian. Uh, Chris Winter, uh, who's not running this time, and we'll get to that in a second, but also Rachel Cliff as well, too. Um, question. So you, you retired, but you're still here. You're wearing you know, some team gear and stuff. Talk to me about that. What's your new role? Yeah, uh, when I retired uh, after the Olympics last summer, I, I knew I wanted to stay involved in the sport, and I was just trying to find uh, that perfect situation to kind of transition. And so I was able to get a job with BC Athletics uh, as their technical manager of track and field. And nice. so I just started that in uh, January, and it's been uh, you know six months of learning. And uh, I thought I knew a lot about the sport, but I've learned a ton in the last six months, <laughs> and probably uh, a lot more about the other events. And I just came from watching the hammer throw, and I've, mm -hmm. I've definitely kind of really jumped into learning about the other events uh, to try to you know raise my knowledge of those ones. For sure, for sure. Is that kind of always what you want to do? Um, I think so. I, I've, I've talked to people and most people are kind of asking me the question why I didn't get into coaching and mm -hmm. I never had that calling. Uh, I, I've tried it a little bit at the high school level and, and who knows, maybe that'll change in the, in the coming years. But yeah. I, uh, I think I got a bit of a skill set on the admin side of things and uh, I, I'm going to pursue that and I'm enjoying it right now and, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Thursday night we were treated to a really good steeple race and... Uh, you know, I think you mentioned at the time that, that your whole career, you, you know, there's Taylor Milne, there's Alex Janay, there's yourself, there's Matt Hughes, uh, there's Chris, you know, Christy just knocking on the door as well, too. Mm -hmm. But this year, it was, it was really a battle between, uh, you know, for a lot of it, between Christy and, uh, and Matt Hughes. How much did you want to jump in? You know, how, like, were you ready to, to lace them up and, and jump in? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. This was uh, uh, the first time, really, we're standing on the start line or standing beside the start line. I can <laughs> see it right there. And uh, I know in the facility, Taylor Milne's hanging around here. He's doing some coaching, and Alex Janae is helping out with some of the broadcast. And we're all we've all been talking to each other. And it's it's a it's a tough feeling in a certain way because it had only it was only a year ago that we were standing on the start line, uh, you know, nice. ourselves. So. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm happy with where, where I've gone and, and what I achieved in, in the sport and, and happy just to be uh, found a, a new role. For sure, for sure. Uh, Rachel, wow. You had a, you had a really good race on uh, in the 5,000. Was that kind of what you are hoping to get out of it? Or? Yeah, I knew it would be um, definitely a little bit more tactical, just knowing how it tends to play out in nationals. And um, that's not really my strength, so I was trying hard to just improve on that. And I'm... Yeah, really happy with how I followed the first move uh, that happened about 800 meters. And the second move I still need some work on, but overall mm -hmm. I'm really happy with the performance. Last year, I don't think we need to recount the <laughs> whole debacle. And, uh, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking for a lot of track fans. Um, it was tough to watch, you know, that happen, which made it all that much more sweeter to see you do so well in the 10,000 this year and, uh, and you know, stamp that ticket already. When do, you, when do you hear the official word? Not until July 17th, actually. So the window's okay. technically still open. Um, like I'm, I'm really hoping it all goes well. I'm, um, yeah, I definitely feel super fit, ready to, ready to compete, and I'm training as if I'm going and just focusing on that. So, um, yeah, pending no weird news, I, I should be good, but I won't officially know until the 17th. So, I mean, like, you've had some good 5,000s, but you had that great 10,000. Is that, like, an overall trend? Are you moving up in distance? Yeah, I think it was something my, my coach and I, even last summer, we really, um, it's funny, in, in university, I was actually a 1,500-meter runner, and everyone was telling me I was a 5K runner, and I was convinced I was a 15 <laughs> runner. And then I went through the same thing with the 5 and the 10K. Um, 
But last summer, actually, at the Portland Track Festival, I've been training for the 5K all year. And just for a few reasons, we decided I'd do the 10K instead of the 5K. And we made the decision on, like, the Monday and the race was on Friday. Mm -hmm. And I ended up missing the Olympic Center by seven seconds. And I really hadn't been training for it. And um, that was when both my coach and I were like, okay, this is going to be your event. But... um, but obviously that window was closed for that year, but we came back to this year with the 10K in mind. It's been uh, it's been really fun to watch on social media, and you guys can throw out your Twitter handles uh, and your Instagram or whatever, whatever you want to do. But uh, to watch both of you post photos of uh, your special rabbit through <laughs> a lot of your workouts, um, you know, have has that been your goal just to keep Chris kind of fit <laughs> yeah I gotta, maybe he's gonna answer that one. well uh i keep talking to her about how uh, there's gonna be an intersection at some point as my fitness decreases <laughs> and hers continues to increase that at yeah. some point i'm not gonna be able to keep doing what i'm doing right now but we're having fun yeah. it, it is good to get out on the track and i rachel trains with the bc endurance project and it's it's fun for me to stay involved with them and be able to come out and hang out with guys like luke and justin and theo and stuff like that and so stay connected to the sport i i can't sit on the sidelines or in a in an office all day so it's fun <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Well, it's been a lot of fun to watch you guys, and uh, if you do want to throw your so- social media out now, you feel free to. Okay, my Twitter handle is at dangerous underscore cliff, I think it's an underscore, and Instagram's very cliff, just one word. Okay. And you can find me at cwinter3, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, we're, you know, Ray and I, we really look at ourselves yeah. as a team, and I mean, she's now doing the running, and I'm living vicariously through her, and uh, we'll try to share <laughs> a little bit of that uh, road to, to Tokyo, hopefully in 2020. Well, it's been a good championship so far. Congratulations on your race and getting that 10K standard. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your time in here, here and thanks for popping yeah, by. Thanks for chatting. The whole idea of running rounds, like semifinals followed by finals, can be tough for a lot of runners, as they don't get a ton of chances to master that style of running throughout the regular season. Needless to say, the more races that you add, the harder it gets. Jeff Tweedle found himself less than a second from automatically qualifying for the 1500 meter semifinals with a time from earlier this season, so he had to add an extra race to his schedule, the qualifying race. Now, luckily for him, he pulled off a win there, moved on to the semis, made some last minute magic, and landed himself a spot in Sunday's final where he finished 6 overall. We chatted just moments after finding out he beat the odds on Saturday and made it to the big final. Right now we're joined by Jeff Tweedle just after that 1,500-meter uh, qualifier. That was a real thriller. Uh, you ended up coming in fifth in yours and uh, against a really, really high-caliber field. The big story, though, I think, is that you came through the qualifiers. Like, you didn't have that time to get automatically into the semis. Uh, you know, tell me what you are thinking going into the, into the qualifiers, you know, did you foresee yourself going into the finals today? Yeah, I think the qualifiers, I was only .06 off the standard, so right. that stung a little when I first realized it, but going in, I felt really confident. Training had been going well, and I, I really feel like I was coming around with my last 15 at AOs, so I was confident. I knew if qualifiers was anything, it was a good chance to get me go out, spin my wheels, work on some tactics. I haven't raced championships too much, so it was nice to kind of see how a sit and kick really felt and just test it out there and I felt really good coming through like the last 300 I I was strong I felt good I didn't feel like I was pressing but I was moving well so coming in the semis I just knew from talking to my coach and some of my teammates that it was just leave it all out there you can't really leave anything to chance in semis you never know what's going to happen everyone here is really good 
everyone's ready to run and it's it's that time of year so uh paul and i just talked about staying in it responding to every move every move not doing anything crazy at 800 or making a bid too early and then on that last lap just be strong and be ready to go and give it all you got coming down that home stretch and i think it, it, it panned out i was a little nervous watching the second heat being in the first heat <laughs> So I was really time watching. I didn't. I didn't say anything. I think when that first heat was or second heat, sorry, it was going off. But it was good. That was my goal this year to make final. I wasn't able to make the final in the eight last year, so it was just about making final. Well, that, that's something I want to mention. I mean, like that's where your background is in like true, true mid distance, kind of you know in the eight hundred and the in the indoor thousand. Uh, but this year we also saw you do really, really well uh, at the U Sport cross country as well too. Uh, tell me, has anything changed? I mean, like, have you started adding in more aerobic stuff? Because that kind of, that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, I think the last couple of years, uh, Paula, my coach, and I have taken a really strength and aerobic approach to just about everything. Even my 15 training is a lot of 3K stuff, a lot mm. of 15 specific stuff for some 5K work. Yeah. I've only done one real, like, what I would call an 800-meter workout this year. So right. it's all just about really... Working on that strength piece, strength piece, because I know I, I got the, I still have the speed, and we touch it every now and then just to keep it sharp in there. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's definitely been a huge part. And yeah, the uh, having a great cross season with like a real build and a real focus on doing well in the the eights and the ten k's has definitely helped transfer throughout into indoors and now outdoor track. You mentioned Paula. Paula, that's of course Paula Schner. She's uh, an Olympian, fifteen hundred meter runner. Um, you know, that seems to be kind of your bread and butter now. I mean, like, how helpful has it been to have someone with, you know, that much success behind them help you out in that exact same event? It, it's been great. Paula, I, I really think she's a great coach. And what I always say is Paula brings something that some coaches might not have, and that's experience. She's, she's competed at the highest level, and it's nice to have a coach that you know has been where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So to kind of help them guide you along and get some insight into their head and just just kind of understand what it's like to to be in those shoes helps yeah. kind of prepare you a little more I find when I get there now in terms of 15s I Paula's a little biased I'd say towards 15s <laughs> I've always liked the 800 but this year she really wanted to give the 15 a good shot and I'm glad we did it's it's been fun I think I've always found 15s hard harder to run because yeah. there's a lot more tactics in a 15 <laughs> than an 88. You just kind of go out, yeah. run hard, and then bring it home as hard as you can again. So the the 15 is definitely something that's been a work in progress, and it's great having Paula there to kind of coach me through those those tactics and that mm -hmm. headspace uh, through these for races like this, like big championship races. Well, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch so far, and uh, and hope to see you do well in the finals, man. Thank you. Yeah, it should be fun. Corey Belmore is one of those guys that you know is just on the verge of something really, really special. Lighting up the past couple of years as a University of Windsor Lancer, Corey raced the 800-1500 double at Champs last week, something that netted him two very, very promising fourth place finishes. And yes, I suppose it should be mentioned, he is also the Beer Mile world record holder. Now we're joined by Corey Belmore, and uh, you're doing a very, very impressive double. I mean, you are just saying that how you have to get cool down really soon, which I totally understand. You've got the 800-meter final tonight, just came off the 1500 semi. Uh, you know, how are you managing it, and uh, kind of what strategy are you going for so you can make the most of both of those events? Uh, the biggest strategy was telling myself one race at a time, so I didn't want to think about any other race until I finished the one that was like starting that day. Um, so this race today was just about 
trying to be as fresh as possible and not really do any work until I absolutely had to. Um, and coming down to the last 250, 300 meters, that's when I started making a move. Um, and it felt pretty good to like get my legs going a bit, uh, just because after yesterday, your legs are a bit heavy after the 800 yeah. heats. Um, so it's just about getting the legs going and then staying in that top four position. So talk to me about that feeling. You're going down the final 100, you look over your shoulder, and there is, you know, Nate Brennan, <laughs> Olympic finalist, you know, right on your shoulder. Yeah, it's... Uh, what, <laughs> what's going through your mind at that point, right? It's definitely good company. I knew... Like, if I was around him during the whole race, I knew I would have a chance to qualify because he's pretty much made every, like, international final you can think of or national final you can think of, so... Right. Um, I knew if I was around him during the race or at least could see him around him somewhere, I knew I would have a good race. And, uh, yeah, coming down the last 100 and seeing him there, I was like, all right, I'm doing something right. So <laughs> yeah. um, that was a good feeling for sure. For sure. So the 800 tonight, I mean, what are, what are the big goals for that? Uh, big goals for the 800 tonight are just... It's another race, so just honestly, um, this is when it starts getting fun. It's final, yeah. like I already qualified, so now it's just about like just hanging on, really, like just yeah. putting myself in position and just like not letting off, just trying to stay on it and try and position myself the best to to medal or run a fast time. For sure, you know, I I couldn't help but notice, but there's a bunch of guys just uh, you know after the heats and stuff, just hanging around, uh, chatting it up and stuff. You know, is that really? represent what distance running is in Canada absolutely yeah like even before the races and stuff it's honestly just catching up with friends uh, yeah, yeah. talking to fellow athletes um, meeting new friends so honestly in Canada it's a really tight-knit track and field community and it's it's nice to see everyone at like familiar faces at every meet it just makes you feel more at home even if you're not at home yeah, so. yeah. just one more thing I mean like uh, you hear the announcers they, they talk a lot about your beer mile <laughs> pass and uh, you know, that's, that's, I, I can't tell if that's, you know, a mixed bag or, or how do you, how do you take that sort of stuff? <laughs> I just, I heard it on the, I think 500 meters in or so. Right. Um, I heard them talking about it and I just can't help but like <laughs> just smile or laugh in my head because I did it to myself sort of and it's, yeah. it's, it's a fun thing. So, um, if it brings attention to the sport track and field, then uh, I think that's a good thing. For sure. For sure. Well, best of luck, man. You've been running great so far and, uh, I really can't wait to see what you do in the finals. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. The last time we talked to Rob Deneau, he was tearing it up in the NCAA with Villanova as a miler. Now, some things have changed along the way, but he's still finding a way to tear it up in the 1500 with a solid fifth place finish at this year's championships. If you'll also remember back to that time we chatted with Rob, we had a trivia challenge with Justin Knight, a Canadian who's had a ton of success since, including a second place finish in the 5,000 last week. Now, we couldn't help but feel that there was a rematch in order. We didn't catch Justin live at the event, but we did talk with him from his home in Toronto as well. Okay, so some big life changes for you. Uh, change of location. Tell me, how's Victoria going? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, it was definitely a big change in the fall. Um, kind of like midsummer. Uh, I talked to Heather Hennegar a lot about like the West Hub and coming out there. So, yeah, kind of near the end of my near mid to end of my summer, um, decided to, to go up to Victoria. So, I've been out there since uh, since September, um, and it's been it's been awesome so far. Uh, they have a great facility out there and really good IST, and mm -hmm. their team is basically just trying to give athletes the best opportunity they can to just to just go for it so it's been awesome i mean you came from the ncaa system which is you know famously so athlete centric would you say that you know like you moved up as far as ist goes or would was a sideways move like 
how was how was the transition? I'd say um, in terms of transition transition from the NCAA, it's been definitely pretty seamless. Um, yeah. I say I've, Heather's made everything really smooth in terms of individual my individualizing my training, um, looking at notes I've taken in the past and my logs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the IST has been awesome. I would say it's uh, probably in terms of just like coordination, um, definitely a bit of a step up just because. Uh, we have literally like chiros, physios, massage therapists uh, mm. coming out to Pisces where um, our training location is uh, a right. couple times a week. A couple times a week, we can go sign up, uh, see them if we need treatment. So um, they're really kind of making a one-stop shop out uh, out of the hub. But um, I mean, the sport we had at Villanova was incredible as well. So for it's sure. uh, best of both worlds kind of thing. It's been awesome. Huge barrier for you this year, breaking that you know 340. That has to feel so so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome to go under. Yeah. Definitely a bit of a fist pump once I saw the, the time on the board uh, down in Swarthmore. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just it's a big big barrier that I've been kind of looking at for a while. So it was awesome to, to get a good one early and uh, check it off the, the bucket list. So have you guys been talking, like, what? Uh, how do you think the race is, is going to go, the big championship race? I don't know. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting for sure. I think the, the 15 is definitely pretty wide open um mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of guys that are have their eye on the podium this this weekend so um i don't think i don't think it's gonna be much of a ripper of a race i know charles is going for he's gonna try to standard in montreal um on tuesday or so so uh, i don't think he's gonna be looking to have a huge effort uh right. here but um you never know uh i know last year it went pretty slow and there's some jostling but it's always a ramp up at the end so uh i don't know if I think we've all been in enough 15s where you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so that's what makes it so exciting. What would you say, like, you don't have to give away your strategy or anything, yeah. but what, what would you say that the best race for Rob Deneau would be? Like something right off the wire, or do you think, you know, waiting till the end? I mean, one where I win would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the most yeah. ideal race. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, I would say uh, I have... I like a I like a st- stiff race, right? Um, but I can also respond well in a slow one as uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think a race that suits me is one I can kind of just like not do a ton of work and when I make my move, uh, kind of make a sharp, decisive one. So, um, but it's it's nuts because you gotta you gotta be ready for both. Because right. uh, right. sometimes it, it goes and you go out in under sixty seconds for the first quarter and people just mm-hmm. start rolling, but. You can also go out in 75. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think with the 15, you just have, you have to be adaptable um, mm-hmm. and be uh, ready for anything because um, you just got to make the race that happens on the day the one that's best for you. Mm-hmm. I've seen you run 800s before. I would say probably the 1500 is kind of like your bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, you're kind of more of a strength-based guy. Yeah. Is, uh, are 5,000s, is that, is that something that you're looking at now? Or? Yeah, for sure. Um, I did one at the very start of the year. Um, just at Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, me and Heather were kind of tiptoeing into it, just wore some flats, right? And, and didn't want to be too banged up because we were heading up to Flagstaff right after that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely the 5K. Uh, I see that more in my future in terms of just trying it out more. Um, I still I love the 15, and I still have a lot of goals that I'm trying to trying to reach with that. But um, yeah, I would love to dabble more into the into the 5K and even maybe jump on the road for yeah. a couple races and stuff. But um, yeah, just being more, being more aerobic and running cross country in the past, uh, I would love to give the 5k, uh, a good shot sometime down the road. If you follow the terminal mile, uh, on Twitter or Instagram at the terminal mile, um, 
you've likely seen a few different Rob Deneau race faces because they're quite legendary. <laughs> what goes into those? Is it just a natural thing or is it... Uh... Uh, I mean, I've actually, I've worked with Jeff Harris a good bit this year about like being, staying relaxed in the, in the last hundred of like hard intervals and races and stuff. But uh, I don't know, when I guess last hundred, just trying to just chill out and... Uh, try to relax, but I don't know. The face, the face tells everything. It's kind of just trying to lay it out there. So I don't think about it too much, to be honest. You were on probably one of our first episodes with uh, with Justin Knight, which was about two two and a bit years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. Now, probably one of the most memorable things was you getting destroyed in a game of trivia. Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard by so, you multiple times. Yeah. So I think without further ado, we should roll out another game of Terminal Mile Trivia. Okay, all right. All right, let's do it. Since we're in Ottawa, I think it's only right that we do uh, like a Canada 150 theme, except for the last question, but you'll see where we're going okay. with that, all right, okay? All right. all right, question number one. And Justin will be getting the same questions as okay. these two. What was the last province to join Confederation? Uh, I'm going to guess BC because they're furthest west, but I don't think that's the answer. But I'm going to go with it. You're shaking your head, so I think I'm 0 for 1. <laughs> Newfoundland. It was almost, uh, almost 100 years after everyone else. Okay. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, the first World War Prime Minister who served from start to finish. Uh, I believe he's still on the $100 bill, too. Who is that? Oh, my God. See, I'm, see, last time you were asking questions about the NBA. <laughs> oh, that's so, coming. Uh, <laughs> okay, we just signed Sergio Ibaka. That should get some bonus points. Um, oh, God. I don't, was it? Okay, Laurier's too late. I don't know. Uh, like the, fir, uh, the first Trudeau president or prime minister? Wow, I saw the president. No, it's not going to be that. Who is it? Robert Borden. Okay, yeah, I would have never gotten that. Sorry, sorry, well, Bob. <laughs> I suppose you're forgiven. As an athlete, you don't see a whole lot of $100 bills, I'm yeah, guessing. It, you know? oh, it's more than $5. <laughs> the loonies and the toonies. Here we have glow in the dark one now. So, And our final question. Who is the MVP of the NBA All-Star Game this year? All of the all... Okay, I know Russ Westbrook was the MVP of, uh, of the entire season, but... Uh, oh, man. I don't know, LeBron? Anthony Davis. Okay, I never would have got that. So. Did I even get a question right last time? Uh, I think, I don't I think, think you've gotten a single one right yet. <sighs> All right, well, just don't tell, don't tell Justin the, the oh, questions man. or anything before. Hey, I mean, always, you'll know that last one at least. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. I hope, it was one that you got wrong last time, and I think that was actually Russell Westbrook too. Okay, All right. And without further ado, our other contestant this week, Justin Knight. Okay, before we get to the whole track and field thing, um, I have to touch on something because I just, uh, you know, we we're, we're direct messaging on on Twitter, and I noticed that you have a little blue check mark. Is this new? What's what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, it is new. Um, I was talking to my coach actually when we went to Peyton Jordan together. Uh, it was just me and my assistant coach, and we were just like fooling around and stuff. And I said, "Man, I really want to get verified, whatever." And he told me that, like, a bunch of his buddies from, like, university that were, like, football players, like, they got verified, and, you know, they didn't necessarily go to the league and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, I'll, like, I'll hook you up. Like, we'll get you verified, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't believe that it was going to work. So basically I had to, like, apply for a verification, and I had to explain basically why I should be verified and um, 
just give a bit of details about myself and I guess I'd pass the test and they just verified my, my Twitter. So up next is Instagram, hopefully. <laughs> so for your proof then, did I, I would imagine for, for my proof, if I was going to do that, I would just write something down like, you know, July 6th, athleticscanada.tv, watch this. <laughs> yeah, I put, I think I put um, an article about, I got on ESPN once for, winning ACCs for losing my shoe. Mm. So that helped me. It was on ESPN. It was on Bleacher Report. So I put one of those links up. And then I also put, like, the link when I beat Galen Rupp in the summer. Mm. So <laughs> I think that one helped me out a little bit, too. And then uh, I guess my bio must be pretty pretty good for, um, I mean, I represented Canada as a junior. So mm -hmm. I think they thought I was pretty promising. <laughs> So you you came second in uh, Thursday night's uh, five thousand meter race, uh, you know, with with Mo Ahmed, who you know is just just lighting the world on fire this year and for the past couple of years. Um, one thing that I thought was funny is as soon as you you crossed the line, you said from now on, you know, he will be referred to as Michael Jordan. I will be referred to as Scottie Pippen. Uh, that leaves the obvious question: Who is Dennis Rodman? Oh. <laughs> Dennis, I think it only makes sense if Matt Hughes is Dennis Rodman then. <laughs> oh boy, I I'm not sure if he'll yeah. be on board with that. I know, I know he won't be. Actually, man, maybe maybe Matt Hughes would be Pippen, and I'd have to be Steve Kerr then. I don't know. If, a, if we're bringing Matt to this, he might have to be Scottie Pippen, and I I'll have to move down one level and go to Steve Kerr. <laughs> man hey there's no shame in that that was such a such a solid team there's there's only maybe a couple teams that i think are better but this is not a basketball yeah. broadcast but what it is is yeah. is you guys have uh perhaps the greatest track feud doesn't actually happen on the track perhaps it happens with some podcast trivia you and um you and 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 rob Deneau have this have this great rivalry and uh i oh, think yeah. I think I think we'd like to see round two if you're ready. I'm ready to beat Rob. He can't <laughs> he can't hit this. All right. Well, I will tell you the exact same thing that I told Rob because uh, the track and field championships were in Ottawa and uh, it's the 150th year of our country. Two out of three of the questions will be on Canadian history sort of stuff. And then oh my god <laughs> the last one is uh, is a bit of a throwback to our to our first tr trivia question and uh, I will tell you going into this Rob didn't get a single one right so <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's gonna be that promising to me either <laughs> <laughs> all right if we could uh, dim the lights cue the sound effects the very first question is this what was the last province to join Confederation um uh last province uh Saskatchewan no! Unfortunately it's Newfoundland and Labrador. They joined uh, quite a bit after. I believe it was in the 40s of of this What did Rob <laughs> What did Rob say? Rob, Rob said oh. British Columbia. So you you're doing a little better than him. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> All right. Well, with your uh, with your verified check mark, you might actually have a better shot at this second question. Um, the 
prime minister who is on our $100 bill right now was also the only prime minister to serve Canada during the First World War. Who is that? Oh my god. I have no clue. I can't even tell you. <laughs> it is... I can't, I can't even guess it. Who is it? It's, it's Robert Gordon. I guess These you, questions are hard, man. <laughs> well, I haven't took Canadian history in a while. <laughs> this third one, you got a variation of it right the last time. Rob did not. So we'll, we'll see how good your memory is. This actually will go back to, back to winter, if you can cast your mind back there. Who was the most valuable player of the NBA All-Star Game this year? Russell Westbrook. No! Is Anthony Davis. No, right? no it was Anthony... What? Are you serious? Oh boy. Of the yeah, of the All-Star game. Oh my god. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I made it I thought I was I was being so cocky too. I'm like, oh this question's easy. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Well you I know guess what this means, though. I I guess this means that, that you guys are tied now. Well you still have the advantage in the series, but I think I think yeah. this latest rematch was, was a tie. I think I think the questions were too hard. I think, yeah, I think we gotta go. We gotta do this again. I think so. I think this sets us up really nicely for <laughs> a round three. Uh, thanks so yeah. much, Justin, for for being a good sport and stuff, and uh, and for taking some some time. Are you in Toronto for long, or are you going back to Syracuse soon? Oh uh, yeah, I'm hanging out in Toronto for a week, and then I'm gonna um, go back to Syracuse for like four days or so. Get maybe maybe four or five days to get two workouts in, and then I'll come back to Toronto for an, another week before I go to, um, I leave to go do some training in Spain. So, when will part three of the trivia challenge come? I guess we'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of people to thank for this one. Athletics Canada and the Ottawa Lions for a fantastic meet. Kevin from One Track Mind, Rob, Justin, Evan, Rachel, Chris, Corey, and Jeff drive through guy at the Hunt Club Road, Tim Hortons, who offered me a free shot of espresso when he heard about the post-Saturday night cross-province drive home, Sikazi for the five-star accommodations literally across the road, and to every single person who came up to me to say that they listened to the show. So much appreciation for that. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter, at The Terminal Mile. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.